Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Give God praise. Come on, if you believe Him. Come on. If you believe His Word. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Lift your hands all over this building this morning. Father, we just thank you now. We bless you now. I've done sing too much. I've done experience your grace and your mercy. I've done come too far. I've been through too much to have my mind persuaded any other, in any other way. I believe you. I trust you. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing, for what you have done in my life. Father, I've heard people say there's nothing too hard for you. God, I want to take that further and say there is nothing hard for you. There is nothing hard for you. God, I bless you today. I praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody who loves Jesus, give him some praise in this house. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You may be seated. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I won't, I won't keep you long this morning. Now Peter and John, verse 1, Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from birth was being carried there. Now, let me just say a few things about what I've just read. Uh, there were multiple times of prayer. Uh, there would be prayer at 9 a.m., there'd be prayer at 12 noon, and there would be prayer at 3 p.m. So uh, at some point while they were going to the temple to pray, uh, there was a man. When Peter and John were going to the temple to pray, there was a man who had set up at, at the gate at the gate called Beautiful. And uh, the Bible says in verse 2, he was lame from birth. In other words, he was born this way. And I'm going to give you all kind of reasons to shout this morning. All kind of reasons to praise God this morning. Here's the facts, y'all. We were messed up from birth. We were lame from birth. We were born into sin. Our problem was the way we were born. All of us, all of us. You know, I love, this is what I love about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It puts all of us on equal ground, y'all. All of us, when we were born, we were born into sin. All ground is level at the foot of the cross. The need is the same for every person. What I love about the gospel is it doesn't matter where you've come from, it doesn't matter what your checking account balance says. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your educational status. We all need one thing, and that is Jesus. We all have an empty place in our lives, a void in our soul that only Jesus can fill. We're like this. We're born like this, born incomplete, born missing something, lame, if you will, from birth. Look at your neighbor and say, boy, you lame. <laughs> you are so lame. <laughs> lame. Lame from birth. 
It's a birth problem. The Bible says in, uh, in Psalm 51, verse 5, you were shapen in iniquity. Born like this. From birth, you were born into sin. Born as a sinner. Separated from God. And a man who was lame from birth, verse 2, was being carried there. Where? To the gate. And he was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful. Notice, he was carried there. This, this, this even goes on a little further to tell us this man's condition. He wasn't just a little bit lame. He was completely lame. He was totally lame today. I got a lame right leg today, but I'm not totally lame. I can hobble up here, and, and, and in just a minute, I'll probably be jumping around up here. But I'm telling you right now, this man didn't just have a jacked up knee. This man was lame, so much so that he had to be carried to this tip. He was, he was dependent upon people. And I want you to notice where they laid him though. Every day they would lay him in front of the temple. In front of the place where their prayer would be going on. Uh, in other words, it's kind of like somebody and I've experienced this actually. It reminds me. I experienced this one Sunday we were, uh, it was before, I don't know if we were having two services at the time, but a, a police car come through the parking lot. And they, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And they come through the parking lot. It was a sheriff's deputy. And they let this man out. And I said, hey, what's going on? And they said, well, this man don't have anywhere to go. And he's not really done anything wrong. So I thought we'd just, it's Sunday. And I, I asked him where he wanted to go. And he said, well, it's Sunday. Where, is there a church that I could go to? And he said, I kept on thinking about what church would let somebody like this man come in. And I said, I, he said, I kept on thinking about Remnant Church. Oh, bring them in. Bring them drunk. Bring them lost. Bring them high. And I believe God will save their souls. They brought this lame man at, right in front of the church. But notice this. Regularly hanging out at church won't help you. This man every day was out in front of the temple. Every day he was around church people. But just being around church people, just hanging around the church won't do anything for your soul. But you've got to get to a place where you are desperate and say, Jesus, I don't need religion. Jesus, I don't need another church service. Jesus, I don't need another song. I need a divine encounter with your presence. And I know if I touch you and you touch me, I'll never be the same. Somebody say, hey, some, if that's your testimony, would you give God a shout of praise? He was placed each day at the temple gate. At the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. Because of his condition, he had to depend on the benevolence of others. He would sit there, lay there, after being carried there and dropped off there, he would lay there and he would beg. Beg people. Beg people entering the temple. These were church people. He'd beg them. 
One day, Peter and John was coming to the temple, verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, look, look at us. Now what I think about this is Peter, when I, when, I, when I hear this and read this, I think about the fact that Peter and John had a boldness. You know, when you are filled with the Spirit, you're going to operate with boldness. You're going to say things you didn't think you could say. You're going to do things you didn't think you could do. You're going to go places you didn't think you could go. You're going to go share the gospel and think, I can't believe I've done that. I can't believe I just said that to that person. I can't believe I just knocked on the door of that person's house. I can't believe I've done it. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does, you see. It'll give you a boldness. It'll give you a power. And Peter and John, can I remind you where they just came from? Rewind just a little bit. Chapter 2 of the book of Acts. They had just received a power and a boldness. The Bible said they were in, one, in a room upstairs in one mind and one accord and they were praising God and they, had, they were doing what God told them. He had commanded them, go into the upper room and you wait until you receive power. And that's what they done. And he said, I'm giving you this power so that you can be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the other places, all the, 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 to the ends of the world. But don't do anything until I give you this power. And well, we know what happened. Peter, when, when, that, when the power fell, Peter went out and he began to preach. The disciples or the apostles began to preach with boldness and power. Thousands of people got saved. Jesus was adding to the church. The Bible says daily. Prayer is now a regular necessity in their lives. They're going to pray. Uh, let, me, let me say this. You don't need just one touch from the Lord. You need to constantly be in the presence of God. Some of you are trying to live off of what God, what an encounter you had with God three years ago. And I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I need to constantly be in the presence of God. I need to constantly be feeding from His Word. I need to constantly be praying and seeking the face of God. I have to make, I don't know about you, some of y'all are better off than I am, but I have to make devotion time every day a part of my life. I am dependent upon Jesus. I understand that I am weak in myself. I understand that to live in this world and to live righteously and to live holy and to operate in boldness and power, I've got to spend time with the king. I understand if I'm going to be an ambassador for the king and speak to the king, I need to know what the king's saying. Come on, somebody. I need to hear from the king because I know me. I'll get myself in a mess. I'll start talking for myself. I'll start standing up for myself. I'll start trying to right wrongs that have been done to me. But every time I get in the presence of Jesus, less of me and more of him. And I'm reminded of what I'm called to do. And Peter and John, they weren't just hanging out where the power fell. They went out to share the gospel of Jesus because they knew this, that signs and wonders shall follow those who believe and if it's going to follow you you've got to go help me somebody I wish I had about a hundred people who would say I'm going I'm going with Jesus 
Remind me not to stomp my foot, y'all. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so he could beg from those entering the temple. But when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for money. Peter, with John, looked straight at him and said, Look at us. So the, so the lame man turned to them. Expect, I love this. Expecting, I've shared this several times, expecting to get something from them. And did you know, I've heard people say this, and I don't like it. They say people don't, people don't want Jesus anymore. I say that's a lie. They don't know they want him. They don't know they need him. But people want Jesus. What they don't want is religion. What they don't want is a form of godliness with no power. What they don't want is scripture without conviction. Church without passion. Preachers with no power. They don't want that. But I tell you what they do want. They want something authentic. They want something real. They don't want the fluff with no stuff. They want a move of God. They want Jesus and all his realness. The kind of Jesus that will heal a man in Cambodia that has never even heard of Jesus. That's the kind of Jesus they want. That's the kind of God they want. That's the kind of move they're hungry for. Don't tell me they don't want Jesus. I'm telling you they are wanting Jesus. The harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. I'm praying to God that he'll send some laborers because there's a lame man outside the gate who needs to hear Jesus. And you know what this man did? He looked at him expecting something. I want to tell you, if you're carrying around the label, born again, child of God, saved, what shall you tell? Because there's people who are expecting something from you. For too long, we've held our hand out for politicians to help us. There is no help in Washington, D.C. There is no help in this government. This government is man-made and it will crumble and it will fall. But I'm telling you, there is a kingdom that is, has been built. And his, hallelujah, there, he, he doesn't ride up and down based on who's in the office or who's not in office. I'm telling you, this kingdom has already been established. And when all other politicians fall and when Washington, D.C. crumbles, there'll be a kingdom that's sitting there. Who's, and, his, and the maker was Jesus himself. And he'll say, I told you, one day every knee is going to bow. One day every tongue shall confess and I'm telling you I don't want to be when I stand before God I don't want to be pushed down in his judgment but I want to do it on this side of mercy and say right now I surrender to you God my tongue will confess that you are Lord and my knees will bow to the king of kings he looked to the church born again people spirit filled people looking to receive something. And there are people in Waycross and Blackshear and Nahunta and Hoboken and Folkestone and Douglas and Alma who are looking at us and they're expecting something. Do you have anything to give? Or will you be like all these other church people who went in to pray and you know what they, you know what they gave the lame man? Some money. 
some change just for him to get by another day. But that's not what the gospel is. This isn't a get by gospel. This is a become brand new gospel. This is a trading your shame and your condemnation for peace and freedom. This is, that, this is the gospel I'm talking about. And they looked to Peter and John expecting something. He didn't give them money. No, in fact, this is what they said. They said, verse 5, Peter said, I don't have silver and I don't have gold. But what I do have, I give you. So you can't give anything you don't have. And he didn't have any silver. Not, not, not that not, not that day. He didn't have any gold. He left his wallet at the house. But what he did have, what he did have, I'm asking you to check the wells of your soul and I'm wanting to see what you got. Do you have any water left in there? Do you have any Jesus to give somebody? I'm telling you, he said, I don't have silver and I don't have gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I like that because, hey, there might have been some other folk named Jesus. So he wanted to clarify. You ever go to any Latin countries? There's Jesus accepting Jesus. Everybody's named Jesus over there. Jesus is their name. So, but, so he wanted to make it clear and personal. He said, I'm telling he wanted to but don't make no mistake on in, in what power I'm operating in. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And I want to declare to you right now, I don't have a whole lot of silver. I don't have a whole lot of gold. But what I have is a whole lot of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, no matter how long you've been down, I prophesy, get up and walk. Get up out of your shame. Get up out of your addiction. Get up out of fear. Get up out of bondage. Get up and walk in Jesus' name. He said, I don't have any silver. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand. What I love about this is Peter and John didn't mind getting in his mess. He didn't mind getting up in his mess. He reached down, grabbed him by the hand. There's some people you'll never touch because you don't want to touch them. There's some people you won't ever minister to because they don't look like you. But maybe they need somebody that don't look like them. Because everybody that don't look like them has always turned their nose up to them. Never gave them the time of day. And a lot of them would say they were Christians and church folk and born-again believers. Maybe they need somebody like you. You know, that's... I, we went yesterday. Forget it. I'm not even going to get into that. Maybe they need somebody that doesn't look like you. Maybe they need somebody that wasn't raised on the same street as them to show them that, hey, when I got saved, I might have been a racist, I might have been a bigot, I might have looked down on you, I might have thought I was better than you, but when I came down to the altar, when I got down to the cross, all that was a race. And I'm telling you, brother, I don't see the color of your skin, I don't see your educational status, I'm looking at your soul, and I'm telling you what you need is Jesus. The same Jesus that saved me can save you and make you my brother or my sister. That's what the gospel does. 
Hey, by the way, if you don't understand what's going on in this world, they're constantly, the system of this world is to divide us. Divide us by color and call it progress. That used to not be progress. Now it is. Divide us by, and you know, we shouldn't be surprised because it started in the church. I'm a Baptist. I can't, I can't, sorry. I can't go to the move. Hey, preacher, I like how you preach. I like, but I'm a, you know, I'm a Baptist. Oh, okay. And some of y'all think Baptist ain't even saved because you're a Pentecostal. Somehow you got reached this some kind of level of I'm so holy, I'm holier than everybody else. And, and so I don't get that. And see, see, we see all of this division happen in the church. And so don't be surprised when you see the world, it's spilling over because it's already affected the church. Not only are they trying to divide us by color, but the latest thing is they're trying to divide us by whether you've been vaccinated or not. And I'm not, you say, well, Pastor, what do you think about that? Well, this is not the place for me to talk about that. But what I will say is there's something wrong when you hate a person because they've been vaccinated, and there's something wrong when you hate a person because they hadn't been vaccinated. There's something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. I'll tell you, Jesus will take me vaccinated, unvaccinated. He'll take me Baptist, Pentecostal. He'll take me black or white. He'll change the soul of a man. So much division. And you can't justify it when you hate them. If you disagree, fine. But you can't hate somebody. I'm just going to look down. But that's what they're trying to do, divide us. This world's trying to divide us. Divide the church. But there's something we have that the world doesn't have that should rally us together. And that's Jesus. See, if you don't like it, if you don't understand it or not, maybe you don't like it, or maybe you do like it, I don't know. But hear me. If you're saved, and I'm saved, I am your brother. And you are my brother. You are my sister. And you know, I know better than anybody, you can have some good family fights. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, I'm still your brother. At the end of the day, you steal my sister. And I might give you the what for. And I might tell you off really good one day. You might get me frustrated one day. I might say something I shouldn't say to you one day. But here's the thing. Nobody else better not say anything about you. Nobody. <laughs> huh? Because at the end of the day, I got your back because you're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. And the Bible said the world will know that we're his disciples because of the love that we have for one another. Do you love me? Do you love me? You love me? Okay. 
Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up. And at once his feet and ankles, ankles became strong. See, Jesus will make you strong in the areas that you're weak. Listen, he'll make your greatest disability your strongest victory. He'll take the disability of your soul, the weakness of your flesh, and he'll make it your greatest testimony. Some of you think, I don't know if God can use me. Yeah, God can use you. Well, but I've done this and I've done that. Yeah, but God can change you. And then your testimony can be, i done this and i done that. But one day I was laying at the front of the church. I was a lame man. I was laying out in front of the church. I was lame spiritually. And God got a hold of me. And he spoke life into me. I received him. And yes, I used to be this and I used to be that. But now I'm a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And I'm standing here today with old things, all things passing away. And old things passing away and all things becoming new. He jumped up, started walking. And he entered. By the way, when Jesus touches you, you're going to go. Notice he got up and he started walking. And he entered the temple with them. You know how to get your church to grow? I don't know why I'm telling you. Well, I know why I'm telling you that. But this is your church. Start letting the lame people come in the church. Invite the lame. Wasn't, didn't, didn't the Bible say something like that? Where, they, where there was a great banquet. A parable Jesus used. A great banquet. He invited people to come, but everybody was too busy. Somebody said, well, I just bought a house. I can't come or something like that. I bought this. I can't come. I just bought some land. I can't come. And then, then the Bible says that the, the banquet master got upset. And he said, you know what? Forget it. I want you to go to the, in the highways. Go out where the people are. You tell them. Bring them. Sick. Jacked up. Poor. Lame, withered, halt, King James Version says, and you tell them there's a party. Tell them I'm throwing a feast, a banquet. Tell them to come. And they went out and they gathered all these people, not the first people on the list, y'all. These weren't the first people on the list. These were the people that they didn't go to first, but Jesus said, I want you to go to them. And he went to them. And he brought them in. And they're there. And then, the, I love it, it says, the, bank, the, the banquet, the, the host of the banquet looked and said, there's still more room. There's still more room. You want to know how to get your church on fire? You know how to set this place on fire? Start letting the lame people come in. Let them get saved. Let Jesus do a work in them. Don't judge them. Let them come just like they are and let Jesus clean them up and save them. And then they, all their friends are lost. All their friends are drug addicts. All their friends are fornicators. And they'll start telling people, look what Jesus done in my life. And then, friend, you'll see revival. They don't know, have to know all the scripture. They just have to have a testimony. And I just want to let you know, if you got some friends, if you got some family, it's kind of, bring them.
Because you may not know it, but you kind of, mm, too. <laughs> so he jumped up, started to walk, and he entered the temple. And he wasn't quiet, y'all. Here's the signs of a believer. Here's some signs of someone who's been touched by God. Somebody who's got a testimony. He entered the temple walking, leaping, and praising God. I don't know when we thought church was supposed to I don't be quiet and calm and liturgical and uh, I don't know how that happened but I can look at the first century church and that's a good out, a blueprint an outline there was nothing quiet about the church they were loud in the church they were loud outside the church they didn't walk around with their heads down but they walked around shouting and praising God they were always drawing attention not to themselves but to Jesus people would say they're strange and they're crazy they would say, some people would say hey they're drunk and Peter would say they ain't no way I'm drunk what you talking about it's only 9 o'clock in the morning he said what you see is what was prophesied in the book of Joel and in the last days I will pour out my flesh upon my pour out my spirit upon all flesh and church that's where we've got to be that's who we've got to be this thing isn't to be uh, this place is not supposed to be a museum for saints we go and we how are you I'm blessed and highly favored Knowing you just fought with your wife all the way over here. I've been raised in church all my life. Some of the best fights was right before church. It's not supposed to be a place where we put on some facade. This is supposed to be a place where even if you had a terrible week, You can come in here and thank, lift your hands and thank God and say, even though I haven't been, I, I've not been as faithful to God as I should be. He's been faithful to me. This is a place where miracles happen. This is a place not just here, but outside of here. So you carry yourself with a leaping Spirit, a spirit that is praising God. Because, friend, with all the bad news that's going around, I don't watch the news much anymore, just enough to stay a little bit informed. And with everything going the way it's going, people acting the way they act, most people are walking around depressed, but I'm happier than I've ever been. Because, you know what? I see, the, I see the world getting darker, but I see the church getting stronger. I see the church getting brighter. I see the fire burning hotter. And this is exciting times to be part of the family of God. Why? Because there are people looking at us expecting something from us. And I got something to give them. You 
have something to give them. Let me finish. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one. They will. They recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. And you know what? Just this week, I heard some, somebody called me or sent me a message or I met with them. I can't remember now. But they said, you know, I was so amazed when I seen so-and-so sitting in your church. And I seen so-and-so sitting in your church. What were they saying? I recognized who they used to be. It wasn't be they weren't judging them, saying, I can't believe they're sitting in there. Well, they kind of were. Not judging them, but astonished. And I wish there was a rumor would get started around here. I don't doubt it. I wish we could get a rumor started. It's already kind of buzzing, but I'd like to get it fired up again. You won't believe what I seen the other day. What'd you see the other day? You know so-and-so? Yeah, you talking about that strung out drug addict who's burnt all his bridges? You talking about that woman who's sleeping around with everybody? You talking about that crooked businessman who cheats everybody out of there? Yeah, you know where I seen him. Where'd you see him at? I seen him at Remnant Church Sunday. And they ain't acting like they used to act. And they ain't living like they used to live. Something's just happened. And it's got to be Jesus. Stand with me all across the building. And the last verse says, So they were filled with awe, A-double-E, awe and astonishment at what happened to him. And that's what I want to see. I want us to leave astonished. When Jesus healed the man who was paralyzed and they dropped him through the roof, the very end of that story, the Bible says that someone stepped up and said, or spoke up and said, I've never seen anything like this. And that's where I'm wanting to be. That's the vein I want to live in. That's what I want to see for this community and for this region, Mike. I want to see people, I want to hear people starting to say, I've never seen anything. I've been to church all my life. I've been, to, I've, been, I've been in this way all my life, but I have never seen anything like this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've never seen anything like this. I want to see God move in ways that I've only read about. I've only dreamed about. I've only heard about. I want to see God move in ways that I've never seen with my own eyes. And the Bible says, ear has not heard, eyes have not seen what God wants to do for those who love him. And I'm just believing, why can't Jesus do it now? Why can't Jesus do it in me? Why can't Jesus do it here? Why can't Jesus do it in Waycross? Why can't Jesus do it in your life? Why can't Jesus do it in your family? Let the testimony of this church, let the testimony of your life be, I have never seen anything like this. Do you want that? Let me ask you again. Do you want that? 
for you to walk, have a life like you've never had, you're going to have to see God do some things he's never done before. You're going to have to be obedient to God. You're going to have to walk after his spirit. You're going to have to deny your flesh. I want to tell you right now, if you're just comfortable with mediocre, if you're just comfortable with going to church, you're missing out. But if you're hungry for a move of God, if you're desperate, if you want more of God, if you want Him more than anything else in your life, there's a promise. If you're hungry, He'll fill you. But I want you to understand, you can turn that down, I don't, I don't want that. I want you to understand this. If you're hungry for God and you're saying, I want to see God move in my life, and I want to be able to say, I've never seen anything like this, you're going to have to be willing for God to mess up your agenda and your plans. You may not get to go hunting as much as you want to. You may not get to go fishing as much as you would like. You may have to watch the end of the Braves game. By the way, I find that a lot less stressful. <laughs> you may have to clear your schedule. I'm willing. I'm ready. The last thing I want to do is stand before God and say I didn't give it my all. God could have said, see, these are a lot of things I wanted to do, but you were too busy. You were too full of other things. I don't want to, if God works it out like this and I get to spend some time before I go into eternity and get to think over my life, I don't want to think about, man, I wish I would have done this and I wish I would have done that. And I want to live on the edge for Jesus. Because there's a bunch of lame people that need my testimony, need me to be bold, need me to step out of my comfort zone and speak the word of life to them. Look at me real good. I want to ask you this morning, if there's anybody here today and you don't know Jesus, I mean, you, you know of Jesus, you've heard of Jesus. See, the thing about about Waycross, about South Georgia, about the United States is almost everybody's heard the name of Jesus. And if you ask them if they, know, if they know Jesus, they say, yeah, I know him. But there's a difference in knowing him and he, him knowing you. Yeah, I know Donald Trump. I know, uh, I know Joe Biden. I know, uh, I know uh, Freddie Freeman. I know a lot of people, but they don't know me. I go... Freddie Freeman plays for the Braves, by the way. Some of y'all are like, who's Freddie Freeman? I can say, hey, Joe. Hey, Don. Hey, Freddie. And you know what? They'd be like, I know what they look like. I, I know of them, but they don't know me. And you may know who Jesus is. 
but do you have a relationship with him? I mean, does he know you? And yes, you know him, but does, do y'all have this relationship? And if not, here's the thing. You got to. Because if you don't have this relationship, if you haven't encountered Jesus like I'm speaking of, here's the facts. No matter how good you are, no matter how much money you give to charities and all that, if you die without knowing Jesus and him knowing you and living for him, by the way, let me clarify, it's knowing him so personally that you follow him. Don't tell me you believe Jesus, but you don't follow him. I don't want Jesus coming back for me when I, and all I've got to say is, Lord, I, I, I know you, but I didn't know him enough and love him enough to follow him. And if you're not following after Jesus, if you haven't traded your life for his, this morning you need to get saved. You need to be rescued. You need to surrender your life with every head bowed and eyes closed. And I don't always do that, but I'm going to do it today. I want you to reflect right now. I want you to look in your heart. I want you to think about what I just said. And I want you to understand that I, didn't, I don't think I said anything that Jesus didn't want me to say today. This is real personal right now. There's nothing more important than this moment. And I don't have to have music playing. I don't have to have any of that stuff going on right now. And I don't want you to be a distraction right now. Don't get up and leave right now. If you get up and leave and do stuff like that, you're being a distraction right now. And that's what Satan would have. Satan would have you be a distraction right now. Because this is very important what God wants to do. And I want to ask you. I've seen 40 plus people give their life to, lives to Jesus in the last two days. I want to ask you right now, if you don't know where you'd spend eternity, if you don't know, see, I know, I know for a fact that I'm going to spend the rest of my life, when I take my final breath here on this earth, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with Jesus Christ. I know that. Some of you would say that's so braggadocious. Some of you would say that's boasting. Hear me, hear me. I'm not bragging in what I've done and what I'm bragging in what Jesus Christ has done for me. I'm not bragging about my faithfulness to him, but I am bragging about his faithfulness to me. I gave him my life and he's holding my life in his hands and nothing can rip me me out of his hands. Nothing can pluck me out of his hands. He will keep that which is his. So I'm asking you right now, if you don't know Jesus in an intimate way, in a real way, in a passionate way, in a life-changing way, and you say, I want to know this Jesus. I want to know him in that way. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand right now where I can pray with you. Remember you in prayer. Lift it right now. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Two hands. Anybody else? Lift it high. Three hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Lift it high. Don't be ashamed. Four. Anybody else? Come on. Lift it high. Lift it high. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now I want everybody to lift their hands right now. Listen to me right now. That We're going to pray. And I want you to pray this prayer with me and believe it by faith. And if you believe it by faith, the Lord will save you today. It's not another routine prayer. Mean it with all your heart right now. Believe it with all your heart. Repeat after me. Say it out loud. Say, Lord, here I am. I heard your word. I know you're dealing with my heart. I know you love me. And you want to know me. I receive you today. I turn my back on sin. And I turn my eyes to you. I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died for me. 
and I believe you rose again for me. You want to have a relationship with me. I receive your grace, your love, your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. I believe that all my sins have been forgiven. And I'm a brand new person. My past has been erased. Now I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to commit my life to you. Today, I believe. I know. I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise. Listen. If you prayed that prayer, connectors, I want you to look real good. Church, just look forward at me. If you prayed that prayer, you got some cards ready, connectors? If you prayed that prayer, I want you to just lift your hand for the first time. And you, you, you lifted your hand. When I asked you to lift your hand, would you just lift it up right now? And somebody's going to give you a card. Right here, right here. Anybody else? Right here. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come on. Praise God. Lift it high. Lift it high. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Can we welcome them into the family? We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.